we're jumping back into the interview with Isabel Gaudi, one of the most famous women accused of witchcraft of all time. Isabel, you were telling me about the importance of your name for you. Can you expand on this, on your feelings? I'll tell you all, and more. Thank you. After you tell me of the curse they stain against my name. Okay. So, a generation after this trial, your trial, in 32 years from now, there's a very bad storm. The legend is that you cursed this land and created this supernatural weather event in 1694. There's other mythology about the storm too, but that's the only part that really relates to you. How? Why would I summon a storm upon this place? Um, the folklore suggests that the storm may have been in revenge for this witchcraft trial. If legend tells that I am vengeful, then that leads me to believe that I shall not go free from this place. It's still uncertain, Isabel. I don't know anything of what happens to you after your confession. Yet you say that I seek retribution. Is my fate so doomed that my shadow is cast long and dreadful over this land? It's only lore. It's not real. There's no evidence. Till a storm rains down upon the land, and then you have your truth. How can the innocence of a cotter's wife not weigh more than a single storm? Why do you know of some futures and not of others? Not of mine? Well, it's not a normal storm. It's a massive storm. It reshapes the coast completely. And so the breath of wind finds preservation, yet not the breath of a woman. Your history is corrupt to preserve the weather, yet let slip the lives of folks. My life? Oh, I'm not explaining this very well. I don't know what happens to you, and I have no way of finding out other than being here and witnessing it. Yet there are plenty who belong in this time who choose to forget these fates. You're right, but I do know that the storm in 1694 ruins parts of the Murray Coast. You know of the lands of Culbin? Aye. And there are houses in the Culbin lands where people live and work. Aye. The Culbin lands border my home in Loch Loy. They are but a field over. The Culbin has the same loose clusters of dwellings as Loch Loy. Thatched roofs, thick smoke from the fire, Families live there. The Allens, the Hayes, the Andersons. Lots of burns they have. Aye, I ken the Colbin lands. So the folklore tells us that the great storm buried the village of the Colbin under sand dunes. The storm took fertile farmlands and fields, homes, even the big manor house, and left nothing behind but sand. Our little piece of coast is devastated for centuries, perpetually eroding. 
Nothing can grow. The sand makes it like a desert. And you have stepped on these sands that cover the roofs of my neighbours? You've witnessed this wasteland? Um, not quite. It's different in my days. The Culbin changes again by my time. But I've read about this in many places. For hundreds of years, the Culbin was nothing but sand dunes. There's stacks of evidence for this. The Culbin becomes desolate after 1694, buried in sand. You've not seen this? Born witness with your own senses? No, I... I don't need to. I've seen the reports. We know what happened to the Culpin. It was buried after the storm. You come to me to ask for my story. Yet you bring to me foretelling of troubled times. A future buried in my name. No one believes it was a curse. It's just a silly story. Yet you understand the weight of such stories. We find ourselves both in the wanting, you and I. We're uneasy in the unknown, reaching for the stories we shouldn't ken in the places where they do not dwell. I think we both care about this place and what happened here, which is why I care about your story. So you were telling me the devil made you in the shape of a hare. The devil came to you with cloven hoofs, or the fairy bulls in the under-earth with the queen of the fairies. Bring to me this curse of my future, and I shall pay this debt with a tale of days long gone by. Take me the deepest knowledge of the Culbin from unfathomed sands, and I will pour my spirit into all of your questions. We could talk about something else in your life. Tell me about your family. Nay, you have all the time of the heavens to move between moments and centuries. You have that which I do not possess, the freedom to move betwixt the times that matter and to make sense of this. I have this cell and the days until I burn. Isabel? Okay, okay, I'll go and do some fact-checking and get back to you. Go with haste, then. I will await your return. Farewell. Farewell. Oh. Oh, I forgot. This is a message from Janet. I'll leave it with you. Bye for now, Isabel. think about the folklore surrounding Isabel as I head out to go forward in time again. There was a wee legend about the blacksmith of the Colbin, and this legend relates to protection for Isabel. So, to know anything about a blacksmith, we have to go to the smithy, which is a place of wonder, where iron is shaped with fire, anvil and hammer. For centuries, the rural smithy was the hub of the community, where folks would gather to discuss everything from horseshoe nails to ghost stories. But this was not the way with Robert, who was the blacksmith of the Culbin. 
Robert was a silent, secretive, suspicious man, doing his work cleverly, quickly, and hurrying his customers out on their way. And in the wee small hours, very late and very early, Robert would be toiling away at the anvil. He wished for absolutely no one to lay eyes upon the strange vessels and utensils which he created, except for the one who commissioned Robert. Now the country folks whispered that Robert the Smith had more wisdom than any honest man had the right to possess. Perhaps a warlock or a witch had told him secrets which were not for the world to know. People whispered too of the weird elf folk who worked for Robert, the fairies, fashioning for him arrows of death. And these arrows were made for Robert's master, who was the devil himself. Now the smithy was on the edge of the sands, and who knows, perhaps it is still buried there to this day. It had a door to the front, but it also had a secret door to the back, leading to a narrow track skirting the sand. Only very few knew of this door and none were allowed to pass through it unless they gave a secret sign. Here, in this hidden place, was where the arrows were made, the arrows of death. People say that of all the places in Scotland, possibly in the British Isles, the Calvin Sands are the richest in flint arrowheads, axes, knives, saws and scrapers. It was surmised that a great battle had been fought here once upon a time and that these weapons were left after the conflict. But from the fact that many of the weapons were only half-fashioned, many of them badly made and then thrown aside, some thought that perhaps there was a great armoury here. One of the sandy hills of the Culbins was even called the Armoury for a wee while. Possibly then, Robert the Smith was the successor of a long line of blacksmiths, skillful craftsmen who handed down from father to son the strange secrets concerning the blending of curses and blessings. The power to win victory and to warn off death with the simple fashioning of weapons. The iron derived from the iron sand and the Murrayshire pan was smelted in a primitive alchemy. They say that Isabel Gaudi was once taken under the suitable escort of elves to visit Robert the Smith. She got from him some arrows of death, which she afterwards used to evil purposes. However, this came at a cost to her, for she lost a wonderful old Celtic armlet which she said had been a marriage present and once belonged to a Scottish king. She lamented the loss of this beautiful armlet, but Robert the Smith made no effort to find it for her. He told her that so long as the armlet remained in the Culbins, Isabel herself would be safeguarded from all danger. No arrow of death could touch her. 
the armlet in the sand would be as a protective spell. This armlet is a real artefact. It was discovered in the early 1800s and it's now held by the National Museum of Scotland. I think it's strange connection with a witch and an uncanny blacksmith was forgotten long ago. I found this story in an obscure corner of a local newspaper. When I first read this lore, I looked up the armlet described. It's a coiled, double-headed snake with blue glass eyes. It was made out of bronze in the first or second century. I wish this folklore was true, and that there was something buried deep in the land that would protect Isabel. A double-headed serpent, promising her safety. I imagine Isabel finding an arrowhead buried in the sand and making up a story for it, and how that has spiralled down generations, so that any of the treasures found in the Colbin could be associated with her and her story. Anyway, I'm delaying the inevitable. It's time to leave a voice message for my producer. Hey Jenny! Um, so I've got some sub-optimum news. I've accidentally let it slip to Isabel that she gets the blame for that massive storm that happens in the Culbin. The one that covers the wee village in sand in an instant. And I explained to Isabel that she clearly didn't destroy the village, but she's highly suspicious of me now. And now Isabel won't believe me because I'm a time traveller who has never actually seen the Culbin buried. So maybe you could send me to the Culbin at its peak sandhill phase? I'll just get a, a wee handful of sand and bring it back to Isabel. I'm sure that'll be enough. Thank you, um, and I'm sorry, and thank you, and bye. Hi Annie, um, that is really, really bad news. You know you're not meant to tell the people in the past anything about the future. Uh, the time traveling agency are gonna fine us if they find out about this, but, um, but don't worry, I've got your back. I'll sort everything out on this end. We'll solve your conundrum. In the meantime, uh, I'm gonna be sending you on a Victorian exploration of the Culbin. They're going to be going into the sand dunes that look like a desert. They should have all the answers that you need. So enjoy this one, but you owe me, Annie. Coffees are on you. Tighten up your corset. You're going to 1897. Tell Isabel I hope she finds peace. As it was, as it is, as it shall be evermore. O sacred trinity of grace, with the ebb, with the flow, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. As it was, as it is, as it shall be, with the ebb and the flow. 